All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Uncalled For Podcast, Soccer Edition. Uh, right now, Soccer Edition is just the placeholder for this. Uh, if you guys have any suggestions for this edition, then you can tweet us at the Uncalled For on Twitter and give us name suggestions for this edition. Uh, we're going to start off by introducing everybody again, and we're just going to tell you what our favorite team is in the respective league. Uh, so I'll start off for, my name is Logan, and I am a diehard Manchester United fan. And I am uh, Brady, and I am also a diehard Manchester United fan. I'm Trey, and I'm a gunner. Let's get it. Hey guys, I'm Ben, and I'm a Chelsea fan. All right, so for this first segment of this podcast, we are going to go over uh, the weekend scores. Uh, this week, or rather the past week, uh, has been the international break, unfortunately. But we have some scores from the international break. We're going to start off with a 9-1 victory for Italy over Armenia. So that was a rather huge thumping. Uh, followed by Spain with a 5-0 victory over Romania. And previous to that, they also had a 7-0 victory over Malta. The next uh, game we will go out over is Switzerland winning 6-1 over Gibraltar. Did Xhaka play? Uh, that is a good question. I would assume so. Because he usually so, captains for them. Here, I can quickly look that over real quick. He that sucks. is not a problem. Honestly, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> so well, then we will follow that over by... France winning 2 nothing over Albania, uh, as well as England getting a 4-0 victory over Kosovo. And previous to that, England had also beaten Montenegro 7-0. Uh, Portugal had two outings against Luxembourg and Lithuania, respectively, winning 2-0 over Luxembourg and 6-1 over Lithuania. Uh, Germany had a 4-0 victory over Belarus. Belgium had a 4-1 victory over Russia. Denmark had a 6-0 victory over Gibraltar. And the big old US of A with a 4-1 victory over Canada. Those were just the highlights of uh, the weekend with Go the international America. break. Uh, so congratulations to the US and all of the other respective countries for winning their games. Uh, there were plenty of games over the international break. But they're just too many to cover and not really that notable of nations. Uh, during this segment, uh, keep in mind that we will, especially during the international break, only go over the uh, major nations and rather large victories with the smaller nations. And when we go into uh, league play, then it will also be usually like the top four sides uh, in each league, top five leagues of the Europe. Uh, so we'll start off with a kind of controversial story over the weekend. Uh, I was notified over Twitter that a youth coach in Italy by the name of Massimiliano Riccini of the Italian club Invicta Saro was released this weekend. Uh, the reason being is his uh, academy side won 27 to nothing. Yes, you heard that right. 27 to nothing over a fellow academy side. Now, the president started off with a statement this weekend regarding that, saying, We were stunned and deeply regretful. 
when we heard that our youth team had won 27 to nothing against Marina Calcio and further said that the values of youth football are contradictory to that the opponent must always be respected. And that was not the case today. Now, uh, I know that people, especially the president, was saying that he is supposed to be a role model uh, for the academy side. And the president deemed that he was not very much of a role, role model in that uh, occasion. Now, what do you guys think about that? The team that lost 27-1 must be ran by mobsters and paid off the club to fire him. I'll tell you this. I wish when I was – for some context, Logan and I once upon a time were soccer coaches. <laughs> and we didn't have the best team. And um, I wish coaches would have got fired when they beat us pretty bad. It would have made the season a lot easier as we went on. But, I mean, listen, I don't – I'm a strong believer. I don't like letting up on teams, um, even if I'm on the receiving end. I, I hate when people don't try. You know what I mean? That's like it just makes me feel worse about myself. So, you know, if you're gonna beat me ten nothing, what the hell is seventeen more goals? What what is it? You know, what does it matter then? You know, so I don't know. I mean, I mean, it definitely decides definitely who is the far superior team in that instance, doesn't it? Well, one thing we don't know in this, um, did they sub out all their starters? I mean, if the fucking if the substitutes are fucking banging in fucking six, seven goals apiece, then what are we supposed to do about it? Take players off the field to say don't play anymore? You know, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have a problem with it. I don't like you. If anything, if anything, you would want that. <clears throat> you would want that out of your uh, out of one of your academy teams to be one in 27 one. I mean, I'm sure there are other academy teams uh in different in different uh nations that not maybe not be 27 to 1 but have fairly um uh similar scores <clears throat> like 9 nothing or something like that so i mean i don't know that's just that's just weird if anything if i was an owner i would want my teams winning as big as they can every time they go out on the field um if the other team doesn't like it then they're they need to be the ones to stop it I, just I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't, like, put a limit on your team. Like, all right, you scored, you scored fifteen goals. That, like, I, I want you to just pass the ball around the back, or at least, like, I don't know. The whole situation is just weird to me. That's just, that's weird. I've never. I mean, do you think they tried like parking the bus? I mean, Jesus Christ, how do you let in twenty-seven goals? <laughs> I remember when Logan and I were coaching, we were letting in goals like our defense was leaking like a faucet. And it seemed like every time the ball was kicked, it was a goal. I mean, we had, you know, they were scoring off crosses and everything, and eventually Logan and I just, like, changed the formation. We were playing a 5-4-1. We couldn't get any more players behind the ball if we tried. So, and we gave up, and we played for draws, and we started getting them. And I don't know. I mean, Jesus. Like, put a couple kids just on the goal line? I mean... I don't I don't know what they could have done. I mean, were they playing against did fucking Ronaldo relegate himself to a fucking youth team or something and, and decide to play for him? Because I don't know. I mean, the team that lost 
the talking point should be the team that lost like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if I anything, mean, it shouldn't be on the coach that got fired. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, that team needs to figure it out. I figured maybe, maybe he got fire fired. Their coach. Well, I figured maybe he got fired, but he hit one of the kids or something. And I mean, shit. If I had tw- if my goalie let in twenty seven goals, I'd probably hit the little bastard too. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. That's... I mean, I would call into question the president over this because wouldn't it be more respectful to uh, go all out and just not hold up, I not let go of like the throttle? Like, why would you let up on an opposition that is lesser than you? You should show them the full force of what they're getting into, especially if they're in in an academy setting. Like, this isn't even recreational soccer here. This is in an academy going against another academy. This is this is competitive. Yeah. And by no means was this score competitive at all. 27 goals. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't think... I don't know. I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, it's an amazing... It's an amazing stat, but I mean... did You know what? Didn't... didn't if I remember correctly... When Ronaldinho was a kid when he played in Brazil, didn't he score like 20 goals in a match? It was something up there. It was at least 20 did, goals. Did they just say, hey, kid, we're, we're kicking you off the team. You're fucking done. That's disrespectful. You just scored 20 goals. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if people just need to get over it. I mean, you know what it is? It's either, um, like Trey said, it's either the mafia from the team telling them <laughs> that they got to get rid of their coach, their coach and shit. Or it's or it's the fact that it'd be like in America where like some butthurt ass parents be that's just unacceptable. Uh, Jimmy shouldn't have to go through that. Where's his medal? You know, you know what I mean. So it's like, I think either way it's gonna be a lose lose because if they let up, then people are gonna get mad saying they're not trying. And that's how I would feel. I would feel disrespected if some people let up exactly. on me after hitting double digits. I mean, like you're telling me. Kids that they shouldn't keep trying to score. They're trying to put out their best effort, and they're trying to do the best that they can. And it just so happened that they scored 27 goals on opposition. Or, like or as a coach, or as the coach, you could just tell your team to walk off the field. Because I mean, <clears throat> you know what they always say: play to the whistle. That and, is fact. And play and play as hard as you can until the game's over. And I expect that from my team that would be winning, my team that's losing. Uh, the you know the team I'm playing against, and <clears throat> yeah, I mean it sucks that you lost twenty seven nothing. Or I mean it's great you won twenty seven nothing, but I mean I don't know. Maybe they should have got rid of some of the kids too. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd blame them. He's I not. Mean, <laughs> I would definitely call into question the other team. If they they're proving themselves to be inadequate for academy play, you must sign other kids to further your academy and develop your academy. And see, and so see, here's the their thing. whole role is to break into the first team. Yeah. So here's the thing where I look at it too. So let's say like the kids on the team that lost twenty seven that got twenty seven goals scored on them. Granted, we didn't. We can't watch the game, um, but. What if the, the thing is, is can you blame, I'm sure those kids, proper kids, players, got to the point where they quit, where they weren't trying anymore. And the other team probably is like, you know what, we're still going. And then it's not really on the team that won. You know, I really have a hard time believing 27 goals could be scored. I mean, shit, I can play FIFA on like 
amateur and I'd struggle to score. T- I don't know if I can score yeah, 27 exactly. goals in a game on any, mo- on any mode. You know what I mean? It's like, so that just seems like, I think there's two parts of this. Um, I, I hate that this whole thing of firing that coach is just over is, is crap. That's complete crap. I mean, that's, that's just people being butthurt and, you know, wanting things to be fair and all that kind of shit. And, and, that's just not how things work. So, especially in sports, you got to have some competitive nature. Yeah. So, I I would have to uh congratulate this youth team on scoring a goal almost every 3 fucking minutes. Like, that is impressive. Yeah. You're averaging a goal a little over every 3 minutes. Then you're obviously doing something right. Yeah, and so, it's crazy cuz you got to think about it. Like you score, then the other team gets the ball back. So that means within three minutes, they take it off the other team and score again. I mean, it's like, you know, it it is pretty impressive. But uh, at that point, they're getting what they asked for. You want to show up and play or you want to show up and shut up? And that team showed up and played their ass off and got almost 30 fucking goals. So, like, props to them. They can only do what what they were fucking coached to do. And honestly, I see no problem with this coach getting another role at some other academy because obviously he's doing something right. Or yeah. that other team is doing something very, very wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'd take him. I mean, for sure. I would too. You know, <laughs> somebody will pick him up and say, hey, you don't want a winner? We do. So just like just imagine like for his interviews, I mean, it's just, I mean, if he goes to like another academy and like interviews for a job, he's like, what happens to your to your last club that you're at? Oh, I'd, I'd be some team 27 and one. They fired me. Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. You go to the unemployment line. Like, what did you get fired for? I was like, you have other other coaches. Oh, you know, we were oh and 15. We didn't win a game. Would you what are you here for? <sighs> won a game 27, nothing. And they just weren't having it. Like <laughs> who who just. I don't know. It, it, I think it's ridiculous. I think it was kind of a, it's just a publicity thing. I mean, it's probably a good academy. They will probably win every game easily. They probably have the players to win easily every game. So, um, <clears throat> they'll probably just do more of the same. Maybe just uh, make a implement a mercy rule. Then you know. <laughs> well, yeah. I I mean, I know in in well here in the states. Uh, when you play JV or varsity for high school, we have a mercy rule. It's eight goals. You have to be winning by eight goals when you get mercy ruled. Having plenty of time times to our women's team, God knows. Uh, and, I mean, when I played uh, outside of school, it, once you got up to, like, I would say six goals, each goal after that, you had to take a player off to balance it out for the other team. And there was times where we're, we were playing with, with seven kids on the field and still controlling the game. So, I mean, you can try to take measures, but there's just a clear difference in skill at that point. Yep. yep. So I would probably wrap up this. I think we're all unanimously agreed that uh, the one team is doing it right, one team is not so much. So I'm going to give my uncalled-for opinion and say props to the – Coach, props to the players, and props to the scouts that brought them in. Congratulations. I agree. Get over it. Get good, kid. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
All right, so we'll we will uh, wrap this up with the uh, predictions for score lines over the weekend. We're gonna go through um, all of the Premier League since oh, we're wait, all wait, there. Wait, wait, there's something I wanted to talk about. We were talking about the international. This is a big oh, okay. deal. The man, the myth, the legend, the goat, Cristiano Ronaldo, ninety-nine career goals. Yep, one more off of a hundred. And... Let me ask you this. Do you guys think is he the goat? Is no. he not? I think he uh, is the undisputed goat out of anybody. I mean, you cannot put up numbers like that consistently every year for the I past think, decade. I think and not be in there for the talk. See, I don't know. That's kind of a toss-up for me because when you look at international uh international mixed with club probably ronaldo you can say ronaldo because he's had by far more international success than messi um and we all know when messi gets to argentina it's almost just like he he can be hit or miss you know he'll put the team on his back or he'll just completely disappear but i think it's kind of hard to um kind of i don't know like that's that one's kind of a toss up for me, because I don't, I don't know. I think it's almost impossible to deny, to deny Cristiano Ronaldo his rightful place at the top of soccer at the moment. I mean, you have to think about all the clutch moments that he's had, especially in finals, and especially yeah. carrying that Real Madrid team that, like he did. The most memorable. Uh, moment for me and recent for Ronaldo was um, the World Cup game against Spain when he scored yeah. that free kick to tie the game. With that the was trick. That, that was that was like special. That was that moment right there. It was just like, damn, this dude is like, that's that really just happened. That was it was kind of one of those moments. I've had a couple of moments with him uh, watching him play internationally where I've thought that. Um, Obviously, the hat trick against Spain was one. Uh, the free kick, you know, in the dying moments to tie it, it was unbelievable. Number two, another one. I remember when they were playing Sweden for the 2014 World Cup for the qualifiers in the playoff game, and he scored a hat trick um, in the away leg for it. And, I mean,. Three great goals, and where you think I remember too, that was right before the Ballon d'Or voting that year, and it's kind of funny because he scored the hat trick and they reopened the voting I think the next day, and then he ended up winning it. Um, but that was the moment where it's like he's the man, and then and honestly, it's one where he didn't even play and finish the game was in the Euro- the final of the uh, the Euros in twenty sixteen. Where he got hurt, tried to come back on and play, couldn't, got subbed off. But the whole time, he was on the sideline with his knee wrapped up and everything, being the captain, the leader um, of that team, almost taking the the role away from the coach. And um, where you think, yeah, you know, it's like even if he, the impact he has on the team goes deeper than just him playing for him um, and what he can do on the field. But, you know, it, it, when I think about the GOAT, I don't know. I don't really 
All I'll say is Messi and Ronaldo are the two best players that have, they're the two best players I've ever played. I think their numbers speak for themselves. You know, if they played in other eras, I think their numbers would be even better. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, a huge, I'm kind of biased for Ronaldo because I'm a United fan. But, you know, it's like one of those things where Messi and Ronaldo both have those moments. Like, one will have their moment, like, oh, they're the best. And then the other one will have their moment, like, oh, I'm the best. You know, and then everybody goes on this, like, you'll watch Twitter when they get a hat trick or something, and it's just like, you know, they always have something something to try to outdo each other. And nobody can put up, can be on their level. So yeah. I just wanted to talk about them, you know, that, because that was a big deal. He's at 99. He's got to wait a few months to get to 100 for the chance. And one thing is, too, a lot of people hate on it and say, oh, he scored against his lower, lesser team, blah, blah, blah. Well, my point to that is, what's everybody else's excuse? Why doesn't everybody else score a hat-trick against a lesser team? You know, that that's the way I look at it. it. It can't be, you can't have it one way. So, you know, other teams, other top national teams play lesser teams, and what's everybody else's excuse then, you know? Yeah. They're just not the GOAT. So I don't know, though. That's Like I said, that one's a toss-up for me because I feel like if I was to choose between whichever one of them, I'd, I don't know, I'd, I'd just get this feeling in my gut that was just like you might change your decision within a week or something like that. I don't know because I have been choosing back and forth between them, but honestly I'm just getting ready to just just call it even. I mean, Well, yeah. then let me pose this question to you all real quick let's say that you were a coach and you were leading your team and you were in the final of a competition who would you rather have in that final would you rather have Messi or would you rather have Ronaldo I don't know I, I really don't this is a tough question I don't know I think time and time again Ronaldo has proved himself in the biggest pressure moments those most notable moments in your career and he has come up more often than not, to fulfill his duty. I think well, I'd end up picking Ronaldo, too. Just even for the fact if he's not on the field, he's going to be right there on the touchline, driving that leadership, getting his the other players where they need to go. And Yeah, and I mean, we did see it in, uh, what was it? Um, God, what was uh, It was in a final game. Didn't he get hurt? Uh, he was, and you, he yeah, was on, the Euros. The Euros, yeah. the Euros, he was on the sideline coaching. And yeah, the manager's sitting like, down. He's on the touchline. That's, that's just like, that's just, that is goat qualities right there. I mean, you can't can't knock that. Because I know so. if I was a player and I saw that, it'd make me play even harder, and I'd want to win it for him too. Yeah, I mean, for sure, I definitely feel. You know, that's one thing I look at Ronaldo, where you know I, he's not at his peak anymore. But when I look at him, you look at him as a player. He he could do everything in his absolute peak. The speed, dribbling, right foot, left foot, heading, crossing, you know, whatever you needed him to do in the moment, he could was arguably the best in the world at almost everything. <clears throat> so where and the thing is we're messy, it's just it's just magic of how he does it sometimes. Cause sometimes you watch it and you're just like, I don't I don't understand how this ha- how this works, how somebody's like this and 
I don't know. I just wanted to kind of stir the pot a little bit, but I definitely would say they're probably the they not probably they're the best two that's ever that's ever lived and ever played. And you know they'll be the new standard in twenty years where you looked at Pele and Maradona. Now I don't think anybody will be able to reach that. I, I, I really so. don't. I don't. Because I, I mean, they're, so they're saying they're saying that. Well, not there. A lot of people are saying that next up is like the Mbappe, the How Felix. But I, I don't even think they're going to be able to, because especially at Mbappe's age now, what is he twenty? He's not doing what Ronaldo or Messi was doing at twenty. I mean, well, actually, he is. But here's the difference. League he's one. Gonna have, he's yes, League One, where you know, at twenty-two years old. That's when Ronaldo won the Ballon d'Or for United and scored 42 goals and won the Champions League. And also as part of the team, won three straight Premier Leagues. And But also, like I said, heading left foot, right foot, dribbling, speed, strength, had it all. Everybody kind of has a specialist of either they're just really, you know, pacey, all these kind of things, where he really put it all together. And it's one of the only people to ever put the complete package together. Um and the thing, I think I, somebody said a stat, it's like to score as many goals as Ronaldo would, you'd have to score like 20 goals for like 25 years or some shit. It's some ridiculous, 30 years, some some crazy fucking stat. It's like, how is it even possible? Because when you look at the two of them, Messi and Ronaldo, scoring like fucking 50-plus goals a season where they just changed the game, where before it was like, if you score 20, that was awesome. It's an awesome season you scored 20-plus goals. They raised the game to the elite to their elite level 50. is over fifty. And it's like and when they don't get fifty and they're in the forties, people think they're slipping. When it's still <laughs> like the as good as you as has ever been and anybody's ever seen. I mean, I looked in twenty twelve, the year twenty twelve, Messi scored oh fuck, what was it? He scored fifty goals in the La Liga season in tw- in two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. He scored 90, was it 92, 93 goals in the 2012 season, as a, in the 2012 year. Um, you know, I think, yeah, it, it just the amount of goals that, the, that they, you know, they put up and Ronaldo still does it in Italy. It's it's kind of odd how, um, Fran- I mean, not France, but. Juventus can't really put it all together for them, but you know, whatever. We we can move on from them. They're they're the two best. And well, I I'm glad you brought up that uh, Portuguese game because I do remember that there was a hint of controversy in that regarding Ronaldo's 99th goal, and that in the fact oh, yeah. that he took that goal away from Diego Jota, which would have been his first international goal, where Ronaldo kicked it in basically from the goal line. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Listen, listen, Diego Jota has many, many years to play. Sure. Yeah, well, uh, Nani stole one of the greatest highlight real goals from Ronaldo years ago. That is when he true. Played against Spain, where Ronaldo sent PK flying, froze... Puyol and chipped Casillas, and Nani tapped it in off the well, headed it in off the line, and was offsides and ruined it for him. So you know, <laughs> I don't have a problem with it because it's happened to him, and 
where it hasn't even counted as a goal. But I, I mean, I'm, that is at, a at testament the end of the day, to how like lethal and ruthless he is I, to score. Yeah, and I'm and I'll be honest with you, I doubt Diego Hota probably really cared that much. Yeah, no, he looks he's pretty probably, happy. He's probably just happy. To, he's happy to be there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Plus, I mean, like, he still gets an assist. He's, it still counts for something. Yeah, he's just happy to be there. So, so yeah, that'll that'll wrap up the international portion. Uh, before we go into our predicted score lines, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Premier League table as it stands right now. I know that Liverpool are very far ahead, but I'd like to highlight the struggles of. In particular, Manchester United, Arsenal, and Tottenham, especially Tottenham. I mean, they're all the way down in 14th when just last year, in the past couple years, they've been top three, top two teams. Champions League finalists. Yes, not to mention Champions League finalists the, the previous year, and now they've slipped all the way down to 14th. What is going wrong at Tottenham? What is their problem? Um, I'll tell you, I know the problem. The problem is, is they're, they're a team that has hit, hit the end of the cycle and throughout and all the sports. I mean, a great team, it's, it's a cycle, maybe four or five seasons where they're at the top, they challenge and, um, they win or they come short. But at the end of that, usually they fall off and they fall kind of hard. You know, players, players start leaving and shit. Players leave. Well, here's the thing. What's interesting with them is they haven't left Spurs, but they're kind of they're still all there, the core players. But I think it's just a. I don't think it has anything to do with Pochettino. I don't think it has anything to do with the, the players are still talented. That entire eleven, maybe not the entire eleven, but like at least nine, eight, nine of those players would almost start in every team. Yeah, Harry Kane would talent. play in most. Juan Minson would play and and start in every almost every team. Uh, Erickson, uh, Indombele, everybody wanted him. Um, figure who else? Uh, Alderweireld, Bertongen, Lloris. Um, Danny Rose is good. He played for most of the Premier League. Um, Arier. Yeah, and and um. So they just have, they just can't. Eric Dyer has fallen off pretty hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was touted as this next great holding midfielder, and um, you don't really hear much about him. I don't know if he's been had some injuries or what, but um, I can't remember off the top of my head. But They're replaced by Harry Winks, I think. Well, Harry Winks isn't even all that bad either. I don't think. But you know, it's it's just one of these things where I think they've hit the end of their cycle. I'm sure you guys have heard the rumors about what happened with like Erickson and stuff, where um, this is kind of where the fallout apparently some people were saying, and I don't know how true it is, but they were saying that Vertonghen had slept with Erickson's wife, and that's what started kind of the fallout in the locker room. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, if that's true, I get it. I mean, yeah, like, another in, in Ontario a, incident right there. Center backs are notorious for stealing wives, apparently. Yeah, and then um, apparently Harry Kane like punched Vertonghen in the uh, face over it. So, yeah. So that that's that's an interesting thing. I I kind of wanted to bring to the conversation, and I just, I just to wrap up my thoughts on. It, I just think it's a team that's the end of their cycle. 
Um, and I don't think either Pochettino's got to go or they got to reshuffle the players, but I think Pochettino will end up taking the fall for those players, and I think he'll find another job instantly and um, I mean, be do successful. You, do He's you great feel as if Tottenham have realized their full potential? I mean, they had back-to-back seasons where they were second place and they came up so short to to winning the Premier League. Do you feel like they've just given up on that realization of winning the Premier League? Yeah. Do you think that they've just lost hope in some yeah, ways. I, I think so. I think what happened is, I think they shifted their focus. So before it was the Premier League trying to do as well as they could in that, that kind of went to shit. Didn't know really where to turn. Um, the year they should have won it was the year Leicester won it. Honestly, couldn't get the job done. But a great season by Leicester won't take anything away from them. Uh, but they they just kept coming up short. Then they focused the Champions League. And that was evident last season. That's what they were doing. And they made it to the final. And, you know, you think sometimes in a final, you know, a big moment, form kind of goes out the window. And didn't get it done against Liverpool, unfortunately. Um, But, and I think that was it. It's just, that's so deflating. For a team that's already had those deflating moments so many times, in the Premier League, finishing second and coming up short, then to have that happen, I mean, I know myself that I would doubt, I would really doubt the team. I'd be like, well, it just isn't meant to be with us. And then you had people like Erickson that wanted to leave, and then the, you know they won't let him go, and it's just, um, I think Alderweireld thought he was going to go too because people could have signed him for twenty five million, and nobody did. That surprised me. That nobody you know, bought him. That's so cheap. And um. Fuck, I mean, Logan and I are Manchester United fans, and I will, I would pre- preferred us to sign Alderweireld for twenty five million over spending eighty on Harry Maguire. Any day of the week, I know he's older than Maguire, but I I just think that we could have got more bang for our buck around the league instead of Harry Maguire. We went for the English option, somewhat a little bit younger. And man, Lester, I don't want to say they, they ripped us off. They fucking ripped us off. And I knew it was coming. <laughs> but, you know, I know if anybody listens to that were to listen to this from England and that's a United fan, they'd, you know, call Logan and I fake, not real United fans, but you know, I think we have a different perspective on it. We don't give a shit about people being English. We just care about it. <laughs> but uh, we don't. I don't give a fuck about it. That's a put fact. The whole team of fucking anybody. It's just as long as they're the best players that we can put on the field and win. I don't give a fuck where they're from. I really yeah. don't. So on the, that note, let's uh, transition over to United. Uh, I know that we've switched Oops. our scouting options to uh, include a lot of homegrown English talent, which is frankly a bunch of fucking bullshit as long as i have the ideology of if you're fucking good enough to play who the fuck cares where the hell you're from what what does your nationality have to do with anything regarding your talent your price point or anything just bring in some quality signings like what is actually wrong with you i think when it comes to united i think um when i look at our Let's let's start this story back. Let's start it back to last year. Oh, you know what? Yeah, let's just start last year. Fire Mourinho. 
seemed like the lowest point that we had had since Ferguson left. Get rid of Mourinho, and I don't. Nobody complained. You know, it was the right thing to do. But he was ultimately right about a lot of things. The players, I think, just threw him under the bus. And it was evident that when that team, when the players were motivated, they could beat anybody. And the run that we had, the record-breaking run after Mourinho left, you know, under Salkshire at first, was was incredible. And I don't think it had much to do with Salkshire or anybody. I think it was just the players just deciding, you know what, fuck it, we're doing, we're like, we got to prove that, you know, we Mourinho's gone. We got to prove ourselves now. And we beat everybody. Miracle to get through PSG. And um, which was when Rashford put away that penalty, one of the best moments. Uh, And then it kind of all fell apart after that. You know, we had, I feel like that was a cut final for United. After that, they kind of just really lost focus. And ever since then, recently, and it's been only about three weeks, but we hadn't won an away game since last March, the beginning of last March until the end of October. So at least a stretch of over a hundred, I think it was over 200 days. So think, think about that, how bad that is to the point where we, I mean, it, it was historically bad. We've had the worst season start to a season ever that we've had in, I think 33 years. And, um, and then another thought to this is too, when I heard Salkshire last um, last year, the end of the season, say you'd be surprised by the the talent of the talented players that want to come to United, where the fuck are they? Because if that's the case, and we landed on fucking Harry Maguire for eighty million, that's a problem. If it's you know Daniel James, he's played good, but you know what, I he's playing good right now, but if. We're talking about a United team that thinks, wants to get back to the top. He's not good enough. He wouldn't have played in any United team that Ferguson had, and that's just the fact. He'd have been a squad player, sure, because he brings something different, but not a starter. Um, I and I think Solskjaer's kind of just turning into this. I don't know if I want to say a yes man for the for the Glaziers, but um, he he's. When we first came in, he just always said what the fans wanted to hear, and it was nice because Mourinho always belittled United. But now it's just cause like, God, give it a fucking rest. Like, you say you're quietly confident in the team. Like, sh- shut up. For, for how? How do you th- how do you think that? Um, United have played better recently, but I think, I think one thing should be noted with that. Um, apparently, Mike Phelan, who's the assistant coach, had been doing other things, I think, trying to work on as almost like trying to be a director of football for us, where for a long stretch he wasn't on the sidelines and kind of had been our worst our worst run. Now that he's kind of been back down there and involved has been the turnaround. Um, and then one little thing, before, and I'm going to finish up on this because I've been leaning towards Salkshire out, but... Um, I think our run last season, I know I said it didn't have to do a lot with the managers, but I think if any manager probably had the most influence would have been Phelan, but probably it had been Kieran McKenna um, because I think the way he played with our academy before he got promoted was very attacking, 
and um, kind of you could see that in the way we first started playing after Mourinho left. Um, and then I think we had an excellent run just kind of, you know, every week it was probably like, just keep doing more of the same, more of the same. And then after the PSG game, when we played Arsenal, it didn't work. That's when things, okay, you know, we got to start to change it a little bit. Um, then Solskjaer gets the job. Then it's okay. We're going to transition to what I want to do now. That's where the, that's where the turn and form happened. I think it's as he took more responsibility and more control is when it showed his inexperience that he's not worthy of the job. I hope I'm wrong, but that's just my feeling. And that's where I'm going to leave it there. I know I've been talking for a while, but I, I, I get irritated about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure we could talk about this all night or probably for a stretch of a couple days if we had the energy to uh but i guess at some point we'll start being a dead horse and it doesn't look like any change is coming anytime well, soon i'll tell you what it's i mean arsenal are in no better of a situation right now than than united well then let's have you talk a little bit about arsenal's situation right now trey Trey, i can go on and on but i'm gonna keep it short and simple <laughs> two words we suck it's that simple. Oh, I thought you were going to say Emery out. That's what I thought. Oh, that too. I mean, <laughs> I mean, do you want to highlight some of the I was, problems that I was you guys thinking, have right now? I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it all day. <clears throat> it's been on my mind. And, I mean, it's just like we have the players. I mean, don't. I mean, obviously we have the players. I mean, we have one of the best strikers at the moment with Aubameyang and uh, Nicolas Pepe is coming over from France. And I think he's created uh, – I think he's probably created the most chances. I saw a stat where he's created the most chances out of everybody on the team. And it's, I don't know why we can't win. I mean, yeah, the defense is a problem uh, with the two center backs. I mean, Socrates is hit or miss and David Luiz just flat out sucks. And we're, we're at the point where we look at things and you, you, you look at the team and it's almost like, what do we need other than, other than defenders, like, what do you need? I mean, we have Torreira, who Emery plays as a number 10. Don't know why he does that. We have Ozil, who he just doesn't play at all. I mean, he's been playing for the past couple of weeks. Um, Pepe, he's been benched for Bukayo Saka for God knows why. Um, Kieran Tierney, who we bought, the left back that was, re- that was supposed to replace Kalasinac, who is horrible. He doesn't play. Bellerin's coming back off an injury, so... Yeah, it's going to take him some time to get settled back in. But, I mean, the pieces are there. It's, I mean, everything's just falling on the manager, and that's why people are saying Emery out because, I mean, you got the players. Funny. You got the players. If you would have started off your rant by saying good evening, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fitting. That really <laughs> would have been fitting. Good evening. Well, then uh, here's, but... the, here's a talking point for us then. Who has a closer light at the end of the tunnel? Is Arsenal. it Arsenal or is it United? Pro- no. I want to say, <sighs> I'm shut up, Ben. Anyway, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say I'm I'm probably gonna go ahead and, and just say Arsenal, but that's only because of the fact that we have a manager that has actually won something. Yeah. Um, and you know, we we did make a European final last year with a team that isn't better than what we have now. So I'm not going to – I don't want to push Emery out the window just yet because I do still have a little bit of hope. We'll have to see how this weekend goes with Southampton. Um, I just – I don't know. 
I mean, there's there's something missing with the team, and I I don't know what it was. I mean, because th- this is the same dude that led this that led the team to like twenty something unbeaten games last year, and I mean, Sevilla three, Europa League. yeah, three straight Europa League. I, you know, and what, what I was gonna say about Arsenal too, uh, with they do have a you know, the reason I think they can get out of this because because with Arsenal you look at the team you look at and especially the the forwards where it's like if they get some form they can really put a run together because. They have great strikers, and that's what wins you a game is having that difference maker. So I feel like for them, where United are so inconsistent just everywhere on the field, not as much of defense, but midfield terrible, forward line without Martial is terrible. Um, and I think that's the only reason United have started to win games again is because Martial's back. Everybody, you know, wants to say Rashford's our best player, or or going to be our star. But it's it's Martial, and people need to really open their eyes and see the difference he really makes. But that's the thing. What I was going to say about Arsenal is they they have Aubameyang, Lacazette, uh, great talent, uh, Pepe, same. I know he hasn't put it together yet, but he is a good player. Um, you know, they they have it. So it seems easy to me. Like I don't like when I see the results. It's kind of like how I feel about Spurs a little bit. I'm like, how the fuck are they doing this? How the fuck are they losing this easily? That's what I don't understand when I see the results. Well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say this. David Luiz, he, he's, I, I just, <laughs> yeah, I, so glad we, oh. as a, as a person who's seen, um, I think I've only missed out on maybe one or two Arsenal games this year due to the fact that I had to, uh, I had to work. But from what I've seen, from the games that I've seen, I can tell you this: I don't think we've kept. Two things. I don't. I don't think we've kept the same formation for two weeks straight, mm-hmm. or the same lineup. And I have a problem with that because one week we play Xhaka, Guendouzi, and Ceballos in the midfield, and then we'll have Ozil, uh, Torreira, and Joe Willock the next. And it's just like, why are you? Why? Why can't you just put the best players in and let them play? You. You know what's funny about that is United are the complete opposite. All up until like recently, we have played a four-two-three-one every fucking game, with some players that have no business being near the first team. Where like Solskjaer is the opposite; he doesn't change things up too much. He just never fucking changes a thing and just expects it to fucking change. Um, you know, Ashley Young isn't just isn't good enough. Retire all fucking ready, please. Yeah, he's just, not. Yeah. I saw some rumors that he might retire at the end of the season, and you know. Our beloved I, club captain for the season. Jesus well, Christ. <laughs> fuck same, me. Same armband Roy Keane put on. Same armband Vidic put on. The same one. Uh, Rooney put on. Rooney. Um, I mean, it's just, the list goes on, but still. You know, it's, it's. Uh, I think Arsenal do. But, but uh, I guess... Well, Ben, now's your time to rave about your fucking Chelsea, who, by the way, can't fucking beat United, so suck it. Yeah, at the beginning of the year, I was kind of worried. Wait. The coach comes in, young players get destroyed by United for nothing. Before, hold on, Ben, before you go on, what do you have to complain about? You guys are you guys are top four right now. Nothing, I, I was just going to... Yeah, discuss about how elated you are with your... You, there's there's honestly nothing but positivity that you I mean, I'm all positive, say, yeah. I was about the to only, say, the only negative, negative is the transfer ban 
in January still. Oh, I think that was actually now this has turned out to be a fucking blessing in disguise. It, that it shit, that's a fucking godsend. Well, Half of Europe Chelsea? loaned out, so now you get it, to fucking try everybody shit. out. Chelsea <laughs> with like another striker. Or I saw somewhere where they were linked with like another striker. I can't think of the name. I can't think of who it was. Wait, who's linked with a striker? Werner, but no, you should get on your knees and fucking grovel at the feet of Tammy Abraham and his. Well, I fucking... mean, I'm in love with him. I mean, he comes and Pulisic. In... Yeah, I mean, everybody's finding their form right now. Um, all this, you know, they have that youth. And we had a great youth academy, and now it's finally a chance for them to play. All these years of having a great youth team, none of them ever make first team. Loaned out forever and ever and ever. Then I mean, just... yeah. And then all this, all this, and you guys uh, <clears throat> still have Callum, uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi, who's yeah, playing. Uh, Tamori is doing very well this season. I thought it was going to be trouble when Rudiger kept getting hurt, and Tamori stepped in there playing amazing so in a nutshell you guys are you you have you you can't complain about exceeding anything exceeding my expectations right now to say yeah, it must be nice to say that doesn't it yeah maybe chelsea have found a new way through their Listen, academy it's like it's, uh, instead of getting rid of kevin de bruyne and getting rid of salah and getting rid of lukaku yes yes well it's i forgot what winning feels like <laughs> well, it was good well yeah, except for Except for when they played United. United. Yeah. I mean, shockingly, you guys lost 4 nothing to us, and then yeah, an absolute Rashford free just... kick. Yeah. Hey, at, le- at, least, at least you guys, at, uh, Brady, at least you guys uh, uh, beat a... a uh... No, I should be saying, I should be telling Ben this. At least you guys lost to a, a team that, you know, has some experience. We lost to a bunch of 16-year-olds. <laughs> well, to be fair... With our first team. It's kind of funny. United have almost won no games this year, and we've beaten Leicester and Chelsea somehow. Yeah. <laughs> but we lose to Newcastle and, and we drew to Palace, Liverpool. and yeah, and we drew to Liverpool. So, th- so far the top four has been good to us. But I think it's more of people just not playing right. If you want to beat United, sit back and play us on a counter. You will fuck us up. Well, we couldn't do that. Make sauces guys- out there scoring bangers. <laughs> the two games we played against United, we just didn't look like our normal selves. Yeah, just, the first game it was like the beginning was okay, and then it just that game would have been very different if you guys you guys hit the post twice. Where you know I know it didn't happen, so you can't harp on it too much. But if those were two goals, didn't well, at least one of them was a goal. You know, going into halftime, that would have been completely different instead of. You know, instead of that, um, but yeah, I mean it's, I mean it's nice to see your academy players playing. Tough you know, times I, over here. Yeah, I mean, now they're getting chances with the first team. I mean, Tim Abraham and Mason Mount had their first senior goals over this international break. So coming back to Chelsea with some momentum and confidence. Tim Abraham, the wristband oh. wanderer. Let, let, let me ask you guys <laughs> this. If United were to get, because there's been a rumor lately of the new of United getting the Saudi owners, and I and I have an opinion. I'm gonna kind of announce to the world that I think a lot of people don't realize. But um, would, would you guys be afraid if United got the new owners that are kind of in the same old city where they're just gonna fucking invest into the team like crazy? Yes, yes absolutely. Because hundred percent. 
Arsenal had a 45 million transfer budget, which you guys blew on. You guys pretty much doubled that on one player. So, I mean, of course I'm going to be scared. All right. Now, with this point I'm about to make with this, now, believe it or not, I have actually, I never really com- comment on YouTube videos. But on Stephen Housen, who's a United fan channel, Stratford Paddock, who's a United fan channel, and Full Time Devils, I've left the same comment, and fucking nobody has ever mentioned it when they talk about the owners. One thing people don't realize is now the ICC is the International Criminal Court. They, if the Saudi prince, because it's the government, would be buying United. The um, if he is formally charged on crimes against humanity, um, or anything like that, I'm pretty sure he is not allowed to invest money. Or the Saudis are allowed to invest money in the American market. Now, the Manchester United is a um, they are on the New York Stock Exchange, so that would mean to buy United, he has to buy the shares. He can't do that if he's formally charged. So I've been trying to tell people that it probably won't happen because I doubt there's going to be a lot of issues with somebody like that investing heavily billions of dollars in the American economy. I don't know if they'd let that happen. Now... um, you know, I I don't know. I, that's that's my thing. He wouldn't be allowed to invest. Um, I don't know. I have. I'm kind of tied between whether or not I would be okay. You know, if he if they were to buy the team, if they're able to buy the team. Morally, well, I mean, they would still have to find choose. him guilty first, right? No, I think even if he's charged, while he's charged, he wouldn't. Even if it was found guilty or not. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't... But morally, if he was allowed to, I don't know how I'd feel. Part of me feels like, you know... I mean, I can't stop it. Even if I don't agree with it, there's nothing I can do about it. So why should? Why would I really get worked hey, up? When, it, when, he, when he buys the club and he brings in Mbappe, I bet you, I bet you're going to be livid. You're going to have an Mbappe <laughs> yeah. jersey in your closet two days yeah, later. When I, when I have an Mbappe <laughs> jersey, you know, and uh, Mbappe and you know whoever else is the best player in the world at that point. But um, yeah, honestly, I, don't... I see. No problem with it as long as he's not formally charged and he can buy the club. I would rather have somebody investing in a team that they – I mean, I, I would hope he would care about it. But, like, if you're investing, obviously you care about it. Rather have somebody like that as opposed to the Glazers who have or constantly – <clears throat> Yeah, yeah who has constantly siphoned money away from the club when – so when they first took hold of Manchester United, we were not in debt. When they took hold of United, we became 500 million pounds in debt. And since then, for the 14-year stint that they have owned us, we have only dwindled that down to $328 million in debt. Now, the the reason Ed Woodward says that we are in debt is because we're heavily uh, invested into buying players on the market. But even at the current form that we are in, each 
person, each part of the Glazer family that owns United is still getting the, the half of their commission, uh, which is $17 million, paid to them still in the current form that we're in right now. And they are continually siphoning money away well, from the club, which is fucking outrageous to me. Well, the one thing <laughs> is, too, with it is um, I don't – it doesn't make sense how we're that much in debt when we set records for revenue. Every season we set a new record for revenue. So the you know when they come out and say we're still in debt and it's still the summer, like, how the fuck is that possible? What the fuck are y'all doing? What kind of credit do you have? Like, well, Jesus it happened Christ, earlier think, on in the year are... that they uh, leveraged United in a loan. Well, I'll tell you this: you just have to look at them and and see their other the other teams they own. Well, I think well, they own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who is a that they are a, f- a franchise that has been floundering ever since they won a Super Bowl in two thousand and one, so or two thousand was year was it two thousand? Some rather early two thousand, early two thousands, very early two thousands, when they last won a Super Bowl, they've been floundering ever ever since then, and they don't have any sign of really, you know. NFL is a little different. You have salary cap and all that kind of shit. So I mean, it's kind of kind of limited to what you can really do to drastically improve it just overnight. But they, you know, as long as they're making money, I don't really think they care. And that's a problem. I mean, ideally, you know, you want somebody that's a fan of your club that owns your club and's willing to just, you know, put it all on the line just to see you see you guys win. But you know, they're just there to make money. That's it. That's the bottom line for it. Um, you know, I would love to love to see them gone. I'd love to get a ESPN notification announcing the sale. You know, this would probably be the time for them to sale, especially when we're, you know, seemingly going downhill and coming off a record, you know, revenue year. It would seem like while the stock is still high, get rid of them while you can. That's kind of my would be my business my advice from a business standpoint to them. Um, but just leave, <laughs> please. Yes, leave please us alone. Leave. Bring us somebody who actually cares about the club. We need to see some drastic change. Ma- majority of it is structurally, and that yeah. has a big part to do with lasers. Well, and when you have every manager that's you know after Louis Van Hall, terrible things to say about the United Board. And Ed Woodward, the same for Mourinho. Well, he's been kind of quiet, but just give him time. He'll start to let it out. I mean, it's pretty fresh. It's not even been a year since he got fired. Um, Ander Herrera recently um, at PSG saying that the, the club just isn't run like a football like a football club. And saying that their priorities are wrong, which I agree. You re-signed fucking Phil Jones before Ander Herrera, who's our sec- who was our second best midfielder by a fucking mile. So, you know, re-sign people like him, and, you know, I know Lukaku wanted to go, you know, looking back at it, it's probably a bad idea to let even Sanchez go. He, you know, he know he's hurt, but if he didn't get hurt, we were at a point this year where, you know, he would have played. He probably would still play in the team right now, you know, he even with his bad form. You know, play him at the number 10. Could he do worse than... Uh, 
And I've been a fan. I'm dis- I, of of Andreas Pereira over the years, and when he was an academy player. But I I don't I don't think he's gonna be elite level. And but I don't think Alexis Sanchez could have done any worse than him. And Angel Gomez doesn't even get a chance. And I think he's getting ready to be out the door just like Tahith Chong, because he's so irritated over the play- the lack of playing time. Solskjaer says he's going to play the youth, but he didn't play fucking any of them. He hardly does. It's like, what the fuck is the holdup? We've been near relic, like, within five points of relegation off since the beginning of this season. What the fuck does it matter now? Well, you know? I'd like to bring up two points. Well, one is very insignificant. Uh, I saw that Tahith Chong had liked a Twitter post made by one United fan saying that they didn't see the point in keeping him and that he would probably be better off at uh, a team like FC Gank, which are from the Belgium League. And Tahith Chong had, had liked that post. So obviously he's showing his frustrations as well. And another thing that has come to light recently is apparently Solskjaer knew that Lukaku wanted to leave before the summer came and vied for that for him to get a transfer elsewhere. Why wouldn't you... After selling him, or already knowing that you plan on selling him, why wouldn't you bring in another top-class forward? Why well, would you put well, for faith what in we know, like for what we know, he could have tried, and the board could have said no. We don't. That's part of the problem. It's a lot of speculation. Nobody really knows. He Mourinho would have, you know, fucking been, you know, Mourinho would have gone crazy over some of this shit. Like you're gonna he's sell gone, he's gone yeah, crazy. He the year before. Center backs. Yeah, the year before. And that's ultimately what what started it all after he got you know, it looked like it was going up. You know, we won a Europa League and the next year he finished second. And then, you know, <clears> hopefully <throat> get some pieces and it all goes together, but you know, then it falls apart because he doesn't get what he wants and what we needed. Ah <sighs> yeah, but you know, we'll see. Anyway, we can we can move on from, from United. All right. Are there any more talking points that anybody would like to bring up before we go into our uh, Emery out. About you, Ben. Fat Frank in. Yeah, he's in. In for good. <laughs> All right. Well, then I will switch it over to the prediction po- uh, portion of our podcast to wrap everything up. Uh, we're going to go through all 10 games for the Premier League, and then we'll go over... Uh, some key matchups in the other top five leagues as well. So we'll start off with the 7.30 kickoff on Saturday, West Ham versus Spurs. What do you guys think? Uh, I, as bad as Spurs is playing, I want, my, my, my mind wants to go ahead and pick West Ham, but I'm going to go ahead for Spurs. I think they, I think they find their groove this weekend. And what, what score would you like to go for that? I'm going to go ahead and give it a uh, 2-1 Spurs. I like 2-1 Spurs. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah like going Spurs 2-1. All right, Brady. You know, every week I feel like Spurs are going to get it together. That See, and, that's and, what I was also saying, too. It's like I, was thinking, I, was like, I, I was like, I don't know, Spurs. I don't know. I and am going to go wake up with scoring and losing. So. Oh, man. It's, like, I, it's at West Ham. Uh, I'm gonna stick. I'm, a stick I'm going. You know what? I'm going a one-all draw. All right, sorry. and sorry. I will go for a two-one victory to West Ham. No, nah, fuck it. Record of this, right? Spurs are getting it back together. Four-one Spurs. <laughs> you 
keeping this, right. you're, you're keeping a record of this, right, Logan? Yep. So four one Spurs for Brady. I'm gonna go <laughs> for a two one to West Ham. Uh, what about you, Ben? Yeah, I'm going two one for Spurs. Two one, two one to Spurs. All right. So we got Trey for two one for Spurs. Ben two one for Spurs. Brady four one for Spurs, and I'm going for two one to West Ham. All right. That brings up the ten o'clock kickoffs. First one is Bournemouth versus Wolves. Ooh, that one's kind of a tough one because yeah. I like Bournemouth, but I think I'm a, as Wolves have been playing. I'm gonna go two two draw. No one one draw. I'm gonna go one right. one draw. One one draw. <laughs> Trey, <laughs> my mind over here. What about you, Ben? You gonna get one one? Uh, I'm gonna go two one Wolves then. Because right, I don't know. Like, I don't know because it's just like every single time Wolves play like a top tier team it's like they just they get to this level that i didn't even know that they could get to and then when they play middle tier teams like burnmouth it's just like well technically they're they're both they're level on points right now well i mean like i said it's just like wolves find that second gear when they play teams like obviously fucking arsenal but like city and shit like that i don't know I like one one draw. I like that though. All right, Bray, what are you feeling? What you got? What you got? I'm gonna go with a two to one win for Bournemouth. All right, home team. Gonna get I'm gonna done. go uh, one nothing to Wolves. All right, the next 10 o'clock kickoff is Brighton versus – or no, sorry. That is Arsenal versus Southampton. 1-1 one, one draw. <laughs> Very good faith putting your team, Trey. This is – this – I said easy. it earlier, bro. This I is going to be a – I'm going to say 4-2. You four, said this. 4-2. Oh, my God. For the Gunners. Who's scoring four goals for them? <laughs> Yang is going to have two. Four goals. Lacazette's gonna have one, no. and then Ozil's gonna get one. Oh, uh, that's if Ozil is even in the squad. <laughs> Trey, what did you say again? I'm gonna go with actually, I'm gonna go with a t- two nothing Arsenal win. All right, putting Confidence. some faith restored right I'm there. Because I mean, it's Southampton. If we lose, if we, I'll tell you, if we lose Southampton, he's got to go. Thirty minutes after the game, don't even give him an interview. Just get him out. I'll tell you that Southampton are 19th in the Premier League with a 2-2-8 record and negative 18 goal difference. Yeah, so, that's uh, faith, buddy. Drew to Watford, so, I mean. That's fair enough. Yeah. All right, Ben, what are you feeling, Arsenal versus Southampton? Yeah, I'm going to go 3-1 to one for Arsenal. All right, all right. And I'm going to give a nice little 2-1 victory to Arsenal. Feeling a little confident for you, buddy. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Arsenal and clean sheets don't match up. Can I change my score? I might go with 3-1. Uh, <laughs> All right. We will change that to an official 3-1 scoreline for Trey. Yeah, that's my, that's my last change. I'm not changing it. No, I'm set 3-1. All right. The next matchup is Brighton versus Leicester City. How's everybody feeling? 3-0 Leicester. All right. 3-0 Leicester. What about you, Benny boy? Mm, I'm gonna go two nothing for Lester. Two nothing. I like that. I like that. Lester's been riding high, but they're gonna have a one all draw. Oh, ooh. Brady's in some hot takes right now. 
I'm actually going to be super confident for Leicester. I'm going to give them a 5-1 scoreline uh, over Brighton. Mm. Uh, That's pretty ooh. confident. Here is a very easy matchup for Liverpool. It Well, actually, record shows that this is not so easy for them. Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. Let me go with this very is quick. Crystal Palace home? Yes. Oh, yes. I remember in 2014... <laughs> when Liverpool were running away with the league, Suarez was unstoppable. And I remember one team was up 3-1 to one in the game. Mm. And they blew it, which ended up killing their title hopes. They're going to have another bump in the road. Going to add some drama to the league. Crystal Palace is going to get a 1-0 win. Ooh, I like that. I don't know, bro. That's that's, that, that's bold right there. That's going to make me scratch my head a little bit. I'm not too sure about that. All right, anybody else? Is Salah going to be out for the week? Or? Yeah, I think he's Okay, out. yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 1-0 Liverpool. 2-0 Liverpool. All right. Ben, what about you, buddy? I'm going with a 2-2 draw. Two two hmm. draw. My God. I was actually gonna go for a one all scoreline against Crystal Palace. It's a hot masterclass. Is that what you guys are thinking? Turn in Virgil Van Dyke inside. You know what he's gonna do actually? He's gonna show he's gonna expose Trent. He's gonna expose Trent for being overrated at actually defending. Oof. That's what he's gonna do. You if I've what? seen Rashford do it to him before, then Zaha can do it. He most certainly can. All right, we'll move on to the next game. This is also a 10 o'clock kickoff. Everton versus Norwich. Oof. I don't know. That's that's kind of – because every single time I've seen Norwich play, they, they have this attacking style that I like to I, – I actually enjoy watching them play. I don't Cookies know. dropped off the – scored two for uh, on international duty yeah, on one of yeah, his just games. Yeah, just recently. So. Um, but and Norwich know, are also uh, they're they're relegation zone. Yes, they're, they're in you know last. What's weird about them is like they they actually when you sit down and watch them play a game, they play nice. Yeah. The, the problem is, is they actually just don't they don't have the quality of players to match their style. If that makes Very sense, true. you know what I mean. Like Pookie has been. Over had been overachieving for the team, and they just have. I think if they had some quality players, I think they would be one hell yeah, of a team, and did. especially if they finish their chances. We did because, see it against Liverpool week yeah, one, the yeah, first game of the season. You know, that game could have should have been a lot different than it was. But at the same time, you know, Everton's one of those teams too, where like I wait for them to put it together because they actually have a pretty good team as well. I heard Awobi yeah. was playing good as a number 10. You know, they got him, uh, Richarlison. Um, Theo Walcott. Walcott. I mean, you know, they have Keane in defense, who I think is actually a pretty good defender. Uh, Yerry Mina. Yerry uh, been doing pretty well. They got so, uh, Schmeichel as well. Yes, Digne. Yes, Digne is really okay. good. Dini is very vital on their fucking side. So, I mean, like, I feel like they should be. They're playing at home. Ugh. I. I don't you know, know what? I'm gonna go Everton. Everton one nothing. Everton. 
All right. Sigurdsson, too. Sigurdsson's really good. I'm going to go 3-1 for Everton. I think they're going to rip apart Norwich on counterattacks. Ben, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, 2-1 Everton. All right. I will also go 2-1 to Everton. Uh this brings up our, I believe, final 10 o'clock kickoff. Yes, it is Watford versus Burnley. The Very, bar- uh, mm, interesting. Nil-nil. Okay. <laughs> there has to be some nil-nils. Uh, oh, man, that's so tough for me to like pick this one. I don't know, because Delafeu, I feel like he's... That Are they still without a win yet? Who? Watford. Uh, Watford has one win. They yeah, are they one won, five they and won, six. Um, le- the last Friday, not this past Friday, but two weeks ago, they won. And so, Burnley is four, three, and five. They are tenth on the table. See, Burnley's just that fucking team. They like just fucking. I just play that defense. Oh, it's just uh, you when you play Burnley, it's like you know, you just <laughs> fucking sigh because you're like, you know, we're playing the team that you know. I don't know. You can't get excited to play a team that has the same uniform as another Premier League team. So <laughs> That's true. But Watford, I feel like Delafeu is the X factor in this game alongside with the fact that Watford are actually terrible. You know what's weird? They had, do have some good players in their team. I just, I don't... Yeah, I'm going to go the I'm Watford win. No, I think no. they, I th- I'm going to say Watford won nothing. All right. Uh... I'm gonna go Burnley one nothing. Mm. Interesting. I'm gonna go for a two one to Burnley. I feel like Ashley Barnes always comes out of nowhere with a couple go- goals, and I think Watford can pick up a goal through either Andre Gray or Delafeu. Uh, let's see. Let's bring it back to the kickoffs. There is oh, probably the most interesting game this weekend will be. Manchester City versus Chelsea. Third and fourth spots, respectively. Who's going to come out on top? See, that's tough for me because man, I feel like Manchester City is Manchester City and Liverpool are they're just they're way ahead of the pack. But I don't know. Actually, they're right now. So okay, yeah. But regardless of where the points stand, I mean. They're the second. They're the first they're, they're, or they're second a, best. They're in a slump right now, so I think I think they get out of this slump, and they I think they batter Chelsea three nothing. I mean, I think Chelsea's inexperience is going to come back, and I don't think the the youth is going to be able to keep up with City's quality. So I'm gonna go ahead three nothing City. All right, Ben, how are you feeling about your team? <laughs> I'm gonna give us a your way. Oh shit, that changes everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick. Of it, <laughs> uh, hey Ben, it's okay to go against your team, bro. I mean, it, I mean, if it was Arsenal I've versus City, I, I'm giving, I'm giving nah, City five thousand. Two to one, Chelsea. Two to one, Chelsea. All right. You know, I have a feeling with this. I feel like City. When I was talking about Spurs before, about when they shift their focus, I feel like City kind of have shifted their focus to the Champions League, and I go all in with that. I feel like they're just gonna. I think. After losing to Liverpool, I think that the, the Premier League is going to be like a back, going to take a back seat for them, and they're kind of going to skate, just coast through it. But a big game, you know, I think they're going to 
I don't think Guardiola will let them, you know, roll over completely. I think they're going to win four to one. Four to one. All I'm right. Going, I'm going with a bit. They need it, Ben. They need a bounce back game, bro. They, they need. <laughs> and you don't. One, yeah, you don't want to be. This is the worst time to play them. Is after the, after something like that. Exactly. I mean, we we've seen it before. I mean, what happened? City. They lost one week, and then they came out against who was it? Against Watford and scored like seven goals. I mean, it, it was something like that. Yeah, I think I I think this is going to be a really exciting game. I think there's going to be a lot of goals scored. A lot of errors, especially defensively. I'm going to go with a 4-3 win to City. I think, well, yeah, and i tell you this. When we get to January and we have episode for transfers, I would tell everybody to be on the lookout for City invested in some defenders because i tell you what, if they were to get somebody like a Koulibaly, I, t- I think everybody might just want to start putting their name on the trophy, on any trophy. So, I think that's their biggest weakness, and I think if they improve on that, then they can do whatever they want. Think they have Hal Cancelo on the bench too. I mean, and they play. Not... I've seen him play left back, and it pisses me off. You can't take the best player from fucking Syria and have him as a bench warmer and play him out of position. That's just not fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's gonna be a big. Highly contested game. City are going to come out fierce. I think Chelsea is going to give them a good fucking run for their money. To be honest, I definitely yeah, see. I, I know. I know Chelsea. I know Chelsea's flying high right now. But like I said, I I think that City's got something. The City's got a. They they're going to make a statement and say that you know they're we're, you know there's a reason why we're defending champions. You know so. Yeah, all right, so that is it for the Saturday kickoffs. We'll switch it over to the Sunday kickoff at 11.30. It is Sheffield United versus Manchester United. Oh, shit. Sheffield, they're they're good, too. So Sheffield are fifth on the table right now. Uh, they do have the most clean sheets in the league, thanks to Dean Henderson. Ah, I don't want to like. I don't want to go. Get, wait, is it home or away for United? Uh, Sheffield? Sheffield is home. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to say United's gonna. Fuck it, Sheffield two one. All right. I'm gonna go one all. One all. That's very respectable. I think. This is tough. You know, I don't know how to... United have been playing better since Martial has come back. Sheffield can play with some real intensity that I don't think United will be able to match. And I think... It depends, you know, if... You know what? It's going to be 3-1 for Sheffield. I'm going to place some faith in our recent form. I think we're going to scrape by with a 2-1 victory against Sheffield. I want to place a little bit of belief in us. And I think Rashford's going to dive in the box and we're going to get a lucky penalty. Dan James, (laughs) you mean? (laughs) Dan James, either or. 
All right, so that is the only game on Sunday. The final game of the Premier League for this weekend will be on Monday, and that is at 3 o'clock. This is all Eastern Standard Time. I failed to mention that before. These are all Eastern Standard Time kickoff uh, times. And the final one for this weekend is Aston Villa versus Newcastle. Newcastle's been playing pretty good, too. This just fucking screams fucking one one to yeah, me. Yeah, that that that's just that, <laughs> that you'd sing those two teams like just boring. I mean I'm gonna go we've already had a nil nil. I'm gonna go with the two two. I like two right. two. Two two sounds good. What about you, Ben? I'm gonna go one one. All right. Uh I'm gonna go for my first zero zero prediction for the weekend. Same man with a brace. This is, this is going to be that for the Premier League. We have some other notable games Gucci on the weekend. Black Gloves, Masterclass. Uh, which league would you guys want to start off with in the top five leagues? Let's go with Bundesliga. All right. So for the Bundesliga, we're going to be looking at Dortmund and Bayern, respectively. Uh, there's no. Oh, we could also. Do you guys want to add Leipzig in there as well? No. Or do you guys like Dortmund and Bayern? Dortmund and Bayern are fine right yeah, now. Dortmund and Bayern, they're good. Okay, so on Friday, for a 2.30 p.m. kickoff, it is Dortmund versus Paderborn. Uh, Dortmund. Which, yeah, Dortmund, obviously. To give some context, Paderborn, if my table will load, is currently... 18th. They are last in the Bundesliga. 8 nothing Dortmund. <sighs> no, it's a, yeah, I'm going to say like 3-1. Alright, I'm going to go 3-0. Alright, one second. Let me nothing. write this down real Mark quick. Words, when Dortmund score 8 or more, I don't want you guys calling me a fucking genius. So, Trey, you're going for an astounding 8 nothing victory? so dead-ass. 8 nothing. Okay, Ben, what is your scoreline again? It's going to be 3 nothing. 3 nothing, Brady... Three to one. Three to one against Paderborn. I will say four to one against Paderborn. Uh, then we have Bayern playing uh, FC Dusseldorf. Um, Dusseldorf has three wins out of their last five. Bayern has four. They're playing at 9.30 a.m. on a Saturday. So let's write in Bayern... Versus Dusseldorf. And what are your guys' score predictions for this game? 5-1 for Bayern. They fired their manager. They're not fucking around anymore. 4 so nothing. Four they, nothing came, they came out after they fired their manager, smacked up Dortmund. They're not fucking around now. They, they, they're they not going to fuck up because if so, they're German hierarchy will send them to some kind of camp that we know strictly <laughs> is Jesus kind Christ. Of so they have a lot on the line <laughs> all right so we got a 5-1 score line for brady trey you've got a four four nil score line what about ben going five nothing five nothing that's very respectable i'm going to go and agree with trey and say four nothing 
so that'll bring us... Let's just get League 1 out of the way. We have really only PSG, unless you guys want to add the likes of Lyon. No, just PSG. Honestly, just it's PSG. not even a one-team one league. We don't even and need to cover it. PSG yeah. win. PSG, PSG versus Lille. PSG's going to win. Yeah, Mbappe would have had trick. Enough said. Don't even. All right. What are the, what are the score lines? PSG versus Lille. Twenty-seven one PSG. Probably probably four one PSG. All right. We'll yeah, say we'll four one. Four four zero four zero four, four zero for PSG. I'll just go three nothing. I'll go. You'll go three nothing. I'll go four two. I'll give Lille a little bit of uh, credit there. All right. Well, that's the only thing for League One because you know. Farmers League and all that, as you do. Syria will focus on Juventus and Inter Milan. They're the top two teams currently in the Serie A. So Juventus have a 9 a.m. kickoff on Saturday. It'll be Juventus versus Atalanta. Uh, Juventus are probably going to win that. They don't score a lot of goals, though, so I'm going to say it's either going to be probably a 1-0, 2-1. Uh, what did you say, Trey? I'm going to go with 2-0, Ronaldo Brace. 2-0. Tr- uh, Brady, you want to finalize your guess? Uh, I'm going to go one nothing. I think it's going to be a late goal, kind of a scrappy game. Yeah. I'll go 2 nothing. All right. And I'm going to go for a one nothing in agreement with Brady. All right, so the next game we have is Inter Milan versus Torino. It's a 2.45 p.m. kickoff on Saturday as well. How are you guys feeling there? Inter Milan versus Torino. 2-0. 2-0. Very easy. 2-0 for you as well, Trey. I'll go 3-0. 3-0. I'm going to... Uh, be I'll be side with uh my big boy Rom. I'll say he bags a brace in a two nil victory. You know, so that's really turned them around though. I'll say I'll tell you that. He's come in there and he's done some great stuff. I mean, you know, cherry picking players off of United was a great move. Um they just they find a way if you watch them, I've watched them play a couple times in Champions League, I've watched a few Serie A games with them. They always find a way to win because um, Conte doesn't let his teams give up either. So I'm – what's the table look like in, in Italy right now? How – because I wanna, I'm curious how close are they in Juventus? What's the point difference between the two? Uh, they have a one-point difference. Uh, Juventus is on 32 points. They have 10 wins, 2 draws, uh, 20 goals, 4, and 9 against. Uh, Inter Milan have 31 points from 10 games, one draw, or 10 wins, one draw, and one loss. They have 26 goals for, 12 against. Yeah, so I, like I said, I, I mean, I they they're very competitive. And I think the game they played against each other, it was like some. No, they haven't played against each other yet. I don't think. I was thinking of Napoli. Um, Napoli almost beat Juventus this year, but scored a fucking. Uh, I think Koulibaly scored an own goal at the end of the game to lose. But, <laughs> yeah, which was very unfortunate. Yeah. But anyway, Conte has kind of, he's revolutionized them, and I, it's actually refreshing to see. Um, I am happy for Lukaku though that he's you know leading top goal scorer in Italy. Um, 
So it's exciting. I, I I'm glad that it's not just a fucking, you know, uh, easy win for Juventus in the league every season anymore. I, I, I want it to be competitive. Yeah, it's quite close between those two. I want to bring to light <clears throat> uh, some a team of former glory, uh, which that would be AC Milan. They're currently 14th in the league after spending who knows how much money they have over the past couple seasons. They're, you know what? That's what United have the danger of becoming if they're not careful. And that's the truth. And... I, you know, they're they're to the point now. They're not. You expect that from them. I don't, you know, I don't expect them to ever really turn it around. It just seems like it is what it is with them. Arsenal are in the same boat if they don't make the Champions League. I mean, Aubameyang's going to leave. Lacazette's going to leave. So, yeah, they it, really don't have any major players. They kind of bought a lot of youth that showed a lot of promise, but none of that has really turned out for them, really. That's a risk when you do uh, when you do that. I mean, look, United have been trying to go that way. It seems, and if it doesn't turn out well, and you invest a lot of money, that you can't. It's hard to you can't get your money back. You know, it's not like buying a fucking something from a store and just take your receipt back. Once you get them, I mean, all sales are fucking final. So, oh it's, well. It seems like they are very much a ghost of the past, and will only have their former glories and triumphs to really remember them by. It's kind of sad to see such a, a top team just fall down as much as they have over the past decade or so. Yep. Uh, well, that will wrap up Syria. I believe our final is the La Liga. And the two teams are actually, we'll go for three teams of note. That will be Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Atletico Madrid, considering they are the top three in their table currently, and they are only split by a point. Barcelona has 25 points. They've won eight, drawn once, and lost three times. They have 33 goals for and uh, 15 against. Uh, Madrid are level on points with them at 25. Uh, Out of the 12 games they've played, they've won seven drawn four, and lost one. They have 25 goals for and nine against, and Atletico Madrid is sitting on 24 points, only one point behind second and first place. They have six wins, six draws, one loss, 15 goals for and eight against. Uh, So the first of those three teams is a 7 a.m. kickoff on Saturday for Barcelona against Leganes. Well, I definitely think they'll win. I think all three of these teams will probably win. Yeah, all, game. I think all three of them are going to win. Um, but I think the reason the table is so close, in my honest opinion, is the fact that Messi's been hurt most of the year. Um, I still believe. I think Messi has scored more goals than he has games played right now in La Liga, um, and he's. <laughs> With him being back, I, I mean, I don't really think the other teams have the firepower to keep up with him alone. Since Hazard decided to come in the Real Madrid out of shape, you know, he's back to his every other season kind of motto that he had at Chelsea. So, you know, 
definitely think as it goes on, if Messi stays healthy, I don't think anybody has a chance in that league. Well, then, speaking about Real Madrid, how do you feel about all the players that they brought in over the summer? They looked like they would be really good additions, but they really haven't meshed well with the rest of the team. Well, have they? I, I think, you know, if this was FIFA, you know, in career mode, this would be, you know, great. But, you know, the, a lot of the players, <clears throat> at least the back line, are young players. Um, ah, you know, I, it's just going to take time. It'll just take time. But Real Madrid have never been a team. They don't, they don't, they're not patient. They don't like taking time. So, you know, these players will probably be for sale in a few years. You know, when Ramos will probably play for a while. And they have Varane. And I don't know. It, I don't think Real Madrid and their fans, they're not patient enough to wait for those players to, to grow into the team because they are the worst group of fans in the world by far. They certainly are. They've <laughs> booed the likes of Ronaldo all to hell. They've when booed, you fucking boo a player that scores over has scored 60 goals a season for you, don't fucking boo him ever. So Put some respect on his name. On everybody that plays on that team. I mean, fuck, Gareth Bale has scored a game-winning goal in two Champions League finals and had a highlight real goal for a Copa del Rey final for them. And they fucking and they boo him every time they see him. You know, if he was a if that was like a Premier League team, say like he played for United, okay? And he scored a game-winning goal in two Champions League finals and that goal he did the same thing for FA Cup final. It doesn't matter how he would play the rest of the time. He'd be a fucking legend, and he'd get cheered forever. You know, so still have a chance for Ronaldo. Well, here's the thing: like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I mean, yes, he was a good player and a good squad player, but he is what he is because of the goal, the winning goal in '99. You know, he's not the play. He was never. He's never been anywhere near as good as Gareth Bale has been. So, you know, that just shows the difference. Yeah, it just shows how fucking shit they are as a fucking fan base. That's my uncalled for opinion on them. Yeah, they're certainly a bit ruthless when it comes to players and coaches. They certainly want to see constant su- success, and when that's not always the case, they seem to be uh, a little immature. They like booing a lot of people, and they just—they fu- honestly just fucking suck. I'm not even gonna fucking quote <laughs> that. Like, give some respect to, to some people who have brought you so much fucking glory. You guys won three Champions Leagues in a row. I think you can have one off season. Like, quit fucking beating babies. Yeah, like, good grief. Like, you see people come in and out of your team. They always fucking prove their worth. And then when they stop doing that, then you immediately shun the, shun them. Like, that's not how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to fucking celebrate those players. I'd fucking take any one of those fucking players off of Real Madrid's team and slot them right in our squad right now. And I'd fucking sing high praises for them every goddamn game because they do their fucking work. And when they finally don't, because a lot of them are coming towards the end of their fucking career. I mean, fucking Modric is in his 30s. Tony Cruz is in his 30s. Benzema, I think, is in his 30s as well. Like, they're getting fucking old. Give them some time. Good Lord. Hey, yeah, snap on him like that. 
I, I, it's just ridiculous to see them boo people, especially I mean, just booing Bale and Ronaldo alone. Like, what what kind of fan can you be if you <laughs> can't appreciate what they've done for your team? Super ungrateful. Simple as that. Exactly. Well, let's get into the the score lines for these games. We'll start off with Barcelona versus Leganes. Obviously, everybody has unanimously decided that. Barcelona is going to win. So, what are you guys' exact score lines for the three game? Nothing. Go three nothing for Trey. Three nothing. Five one. Three nothing and five one for Brady. I'm going to go for a four two to Barcelona. Obviously. What about Atletico Madrid versus Granada? How are you guys feeling about that? Uh, one nil win for Atletico. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. One nothing for me too. Or right. two nothing. Uh, they don't I, a lot. Atletico Madrid really is notorious for sitting back and playing a lot of counterattacking football. They never really score a lot. I'm actually going to go for a surprise 1 1, uh, which will bring us to our final prediction of the week. It is going to be Real Madrid versus Real Sociedad. How are you guys seeing how that goes for that game? Um, probably a 2-0 for Real Madrid. So we'll go 2-0 for Brady. Uh, I'll go 2-1. 2-1 for go Ben. Uh, for, yeah, Real Madrid. 2-1. And 2-1 for Trey. I will also go for 2-1. Seems like the most likely scoreline for that. That wraps up our weekly predictions for this week. We will come back to these predictions next week and see how our predictions hold up against the final results for each game. Um, are there any other topics that you boys would wish to discuss for this week of the Uncalled Podcast Soccer Edition? Nope. That's well. That that's it. Um, I do want to take a take a moment to uh, say it again to our loyal listeners. Um, thank you again for listening. Um, our first podcast has been up, um, for a day now and we have had 22 downloads, um, and we have been taking it light on even promotion. Uh, that's, it's on Spotify and Podbean currently. Um, you can find them there. Uh, we're working on getting it on iTunes. It's under review currently. We're getting ready to upload the first one to YouTube as well soon um you can follow us on twitter at the uncalled for is it the uncalled for podcast uh i think it's just the uncalled for the uncalled for on twitter two e's with two e's um trey you can plug our instagram same thing it's the same thing so the uncalled for with two e's and the um, so you can follow us there. We're going to start our promotion here soon once we get uh, everything loaded on all platforms. So stay tuned for that. Um, again, thank you all for listening. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, later this week, we should be having some more special episodes. Um, the Weeaboo <laughs> podcast with Hello. Logan, John, uh, and Sean. Trey, I know, wants to do a yeah, basketball podcast Saturday night. I'll be doing. I'll be. Uh, I'll be recording that. I got a. 
somebody from Minnesota coming in on the uh, on the podcast. I should be in that one too. Yeah, so probably probably have more people. So, with that being said, everybody, we're also working on actively trying to find guests. We want to get established a little bit first before we start having guests. Um, and like I said, um, hope you guys enjoy. Follow the podcast on Spotify. Follow it on iTunes when it's up there. We'll let you know in the next episode if it's if it's current. We'll also let you know on Twitter when we get a word. And we'll also let you know and send links for the YouTube channel as well. Um, you can find us for the Uncalled For on YouTube. Links will be in description on Twitter. Um, so, again, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody. And, Facts. Uh, all right. Would you guys like you to uh, say for farewell to the podcast? Say farewell to our fans. Thanks, guys. Go Blues. <laughs> Go Blues. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been the Uncalled For podcast. Every out. This has been Logan and the rest of the crew. Farewell and see you next time. Get them out of here, coach. Adios.